Hello, everyone. Welcome to Random Encounter 251 or 251. I'm coming at you from my state-of-the-art mobile recording studio, and it uh, it's my parents' car. Yeah, I'm, I'm in my parents' car right now in my parents' driveway in New Glasgow, Nova Scotia, and it's raining. It's, it's raining pretty heavy right now. I don't know if you can hear it, but there is lots of sound on the car right now. So you might be thinking, hey, weren't you supposed to be back in Toronto by now? And I would answer, yes, but COVID. Uh, thankfully, I didn't catch COVID. Now, what happened is I had some family over and my uncle caught COVID. And then two days later, my dad caught COVID. And then uh, I took off to the cottage. So I've been, I didn't want, I was supposed to leave on Saturday. I didn't want Amanda to catch this if I had COVID, which I was positive that I did because I was in very close contact with my dad for uh, two full days. Um, and so I've just been living at the cottage for the last week and a half um, without really any internet except for enough to text a little tiny bit. Um, it's been a it's been a tough couple of days. Like I was planning on being home, but then my mom caught it too. So yeah, uh, normally spending a week and a half by myself at a cottage would be like heaven. But like when you're really, really worried about your uh, somewhat elderly parents who have COVID and you are worried that you might have COVID uh, and that every symptom you have, like a hacking cough and extremely sore back, uh, and you think those are COVID symptoms, but it turns out that you're just allergic to burning wood smoke and you have a terrible mattress. Uh, so yeah, anyway, I'm in New Glasgow. I will be back in Toronto come hell or high water on Saturday, this Saturday. So by the time this episode goes live, I will be happy at home. But you know what? Despite the fact that I've been alone for almost two weeks now with talking to no one, I'm no longer alone. Joining me in my state-of-the-art mobile recording studio are Nick Mangracia. Matt, sorry, I said Cena. Are Nick Mangiracina. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And uh, we also have retro host Mike Solosi with us here. That's me. And uh, Jono, it sounds like you've been playing my least favorite game, which is waking up, feeling uncomfortable, and then going into a mental dark place thinking you might have COVID. I have played that game hundreds of times, and it sucks every time. Oh, yeah. I was positive I had it. because It wasn't just because I was in close contact and both my parents got it, but also I had, like, COVID symptoms. But it turns out they were just completely unrelated, and it was just, like, allergies because I'm in the woods, and allergies because of wood smoke, and, aller and, you know, my mattress sucks, so I have trouble breathing in my back. Anyway, it doesn't matter. How are you both doing? Uh, great. COVID-free, thankfully. Yes. Oh, Nick, it's your first time on the show. Welcome on the show. Thank you. It's your first podcast on RPG Fan. Yes, that's true. Uh, 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 not necessarily a recent addition to the team, but uh, uh, definitely new to the podcasting uh, with RPG Fan in general. Yeah, and you don't have to like choose favorites because both Solosi and I are on. That's a great point, actually. That's weird. You've only signed up for episodes of one show, Nick. <laughs> oh, that's, no. That's kind of you. Oh, no. Oh, we're, we're stirring things up here. Um, and so, so you're doing OK, right? Uh, yeah, I'm doing all right. It's it's a small miracle that I have not uh, caught COVID over the past couple of years. I have I've been very careful and very lucky, uh, but I had to I've had to go into work every day for over a year and I do some social interaction. But fortunately, I have not, uh, you know, received a visit from Miss Rona yet. And I'm you know, uh, mostly content to stay home and play video games. I mean, maybe that has something to do with it. And I mean, technically, legally speaking, I could have gone back to Ontario, even if I had been exposed. But like, I, if I was, if I did have COVID, I didn't want to expose Amanda to it or, you know, all of the poor people on the plane. So, 
you know, staying here for another week and a half made sense to me. Um, this has been an interesting week for me because I've been at the cottage with very, very bad internet. Um, and it's been one of the biggest weeks in gaming news in, well, maybe since last year. Like, it's been a ridiculous week. Um, first, we got a Nintendo Direct. Then we got a St Sony State of Play. We got a uh, Yakuza presentation, which is... We'll be talking about that, believe me, because I'm here, Solosi's here. Um, and uh, and then the Tokyo Game Show happened, is happening at the point of this recording. So uh, we're just going to talk news today. Uh, no reviews. There's just too much news. We need to talk about what has happened. So we're just going to jump straight in here with a Nintendo Direct. Uh, Nintendo Directs, you know what? It's, they're always a cause for celebration. Like, no one does the format like Nintendo. Nintendo kind of pioneered it and... It's just such a celebration uh, when they come on. So uh, again, full disclosure, I watched this on my parents' deck on Wi-Fi that was going through like four different walls. So I could only watch it at uh, 360p and it kept cutting out. So I missed a bunch of stuff, which I then caught up on. But, uh, you know, so you guys got to watch it live. I got to watch it piecemeal, but it doesn't matter because we have all the news right here. So uh, we're going to go through this semi chronologically, but we might jump around a little bit. So the first big news that hit us with right off the bat was Fire Emblem Engage. This is a brand new Fire Emblem game. It's mainline, so it's not a side story or anything like that. Uh, the main character has hair that looks like toothpaste. Uh, and it's also moving away from the, the school setup of the last game. It's, it looks like it's going to be leaning more into the hero's journey kind of thing. And apparently it's also going to allow for the recruitment of past Fire Emblem characters from various games. Now, as I've said on the show before, I have never uh, i've tried fire emblem i've tried two of the games uh neither one clicked with me uh but you know again this looks pretty cool i'm really happy that fire emblem has caught on the mainstream and is really getting a lot of uh a lot of interest from western audiences especially from a title that we didn't get until game boy advance yeah and uh really lucky to have it uh be so popular here in the west uh considering i mean rumors that uh awakening might have been the last game uh mm -hmm. if that didn't sell well here um, and, uh, uh, this new one looks really cool. Uh, I've been a fan of the series for a while. I think that, uh, it's, it's, uh, moved in a very interesting direction from the original games, uh, that didn't make it over here, um, to, uh, uh, the, the first one. And then, um, I forget what the second one is called sacred stones and then moving into awakening where it's uh, a little more relationship based and things like that. Um, all the way up to three houses, uh, it's, it's had a very interesting evolution and, uh, I've, I've really liked it. I've really enjoyed it. And I've actually liked, uh, pretty much every single, uh, Fire Emblem title since Awakening. So I can't, I can't quite say that, uh, especially since <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I've, I've talked about Fire Emblem Fates a couple times on podcasts. We don't need to visit that can of worms, but I, I have, um, been playing Fire Emblem since the Game Boy Advance days. Uh, that the first one that came out uh, worldwide was the is is the seventh Fire Emblem game. So there's a, a it, it's a longer more uh, series with a deeper catalog than uh, most um, North American fans have played. But uh, there there is a lot uh, has been a lot of good Fire Emblem over the years. Uh, this isn't the first Fire Emblem that ha lets you recruit characters from older games, but in games like awakening they would be in like optional maps and almost like re quest rewards sort of. But in this time it looks like that sort of endemic to the superpowers of the main character, they can summon heroes of Fire Emblem's past. And, I mean, you said the hair looks like toothpaste. It, uh, it's 
it, it uh, the main character who can be uh, male or female, player choice, just uh, just like the past several Fire Emblem games. Uh, it, it's it's half red and half blue in a way that I think is supposed to be like a Nintendo Switch con- uh, Switch Joy Cons. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It, it people made the uh, uh, a comparison to toothpaste or like swirled ice cream very quickly. I don't know what the hair equivalent of Joy-Con drift would be. Oh, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe if it's maybe bedhead, bedhead, or like a a very rough storm that that you just stepped in from is my guess. Mm. If it's all drifting to one side, but the yeah, the hair is very floppy, very animated, and bright blue and red. It's natural. It's natural, of course. It's a look. It is a look. Uh, it's a good look for a main character, and it's actually gotten people talking about it, which is you know sort of the point, really, when you want people to talk about your game. Um. But yeah, the, I think the Nintendo Direct opened very, very strongly with this. Uh, Nintendo really knows how to get our attention, and they got it with uh, with uh, Fire Emblem Engage. There's something about the word Engage that just makes me think Star Trek The Next Generation. It's oh, it's Picard. He just owns the word Engage. It makes me think of the Nokia N-Gage, which made me think that this was maybe going to be a mobile title. But no, it's it's the it's the next big Fire Emblem game. And I don't know if you mentioned this, Jono, but we're getting it soon. It's January 20th. A lot of the things that were announced in this presentation are really soon. Uh, I mean, they're 2023, but hey, we're almost at the end of September 2022. Um it, it's really the thing, like, I keep looking at our at, at the review board, and I'm like, wow, we're, like, there's so many games that are coming out, like, in 2023, and not a lot that are coming out in 2022. Oh, wait. So, uh, we're running out of year, and it's going to be, we're going to be very firmly in the new year, not too soon from now. So, that's exciting. Uh, terrifying, but kind of exciting. Um, well, let's move on now to uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, we're getting some more DLC for it which uh, it's a few like costumes and things, the usual DLC stuff. But also we're getting a brand new mechanical hero named Eno, I think. I know. Uh, I have no idea because I have not played the Xenoblade Chronicles series. It is very high on my list of things to play, but there are many things that are high on my list of things to play. Have either of you played Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and are you excited for the new hero? Uh, I haven't. Uh, uh, I, I feel like the the DLC is uh, catering towards a, a group of people that have completed the game, and uh, I am not part <laughs> of that group of people yet. Uh, I, I I'm I'm still playing through uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Three, uh, and it's a very good game. But I'm not sure when I'll be able to be excited about the DLC. I've heard it's a very good game too. Yeah, I mean, Zach gave it a 96 in his review from a couple months ago. I, I've only played the first Xenoblade to completion. Uh, it's it's excellent. I. I have the others on deck, but I mean, each one of them is a good hundred hours, so I'm not sure if or when I'll be able to get to them. They're pretty big games, yeah. Yeah, yeah. From my understanding, the hero mechanic are like heroes are sort of um, extra units that you recruit from dedicated side quests, and they and you can sort of you know call them in battle or summon them in battle. Uh, I'm sure you could explain it better than I could better than I can, Nick. And and, uh, but for them to to add some story content with a new hero is is substantial. So I'm sure Xenoblade players are uh, excited for this one. Yeah, it's a uh, the the hero characters uh, are how you unlock uh, new jobs. Uh, So you do a hero's quest and then uh, after you complete the quest, you unlock that uh, job for uh, somebody on your team. Got it. So it's not just adding, you know, extra story content. It'll add a new job as well, which is really cool. Yeah, the game is. I mean, the game, it's got an amazing buzz. Obviously, Zach adored it. Um, Zach loves that series. The only thing Zach loves more than that series is maybe Suikoden. So, you know, perpetual disappointment there. Always the bridesmaid in that case. 
he get he's just constantly disappointed because he never gets any Suikoden news. So, you know, that perpetual disappointment obviously just affects the way he views the world. And he's obviously just a sad, sad man all the time. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Um. Well, let's foreshadow some news that I know Solosi and I are excited about. And by foreshadowing, I mean, what the hell? So uh, everyone's wanted like a Yakuza game on the Nintendo Switch. And uh, we're we're sort of getting one with a we saw Fist of the North Star, which is one of their spinoff titles. But we didn't get Fist of the North Star on the Nintendo Switch. We get fitness boxing Fist of the North Star. (laughs) Okay, as far as I can tell, this is not an RGG game. I, I don't think it is, but the, the obviously the the graphic style looks exactly like it. Um, it's a it's a boxing fitness title for the Nintendo Switch, which I just think is hysterically funny. Because I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, they're releasing!" No, they're not. They're not releasing Fist of the North Star. This is something very different. I mean, yeah, it was hilarious. Uh, I I don't know much about Fist of the North Star. I played the RGG game a little bit, um, and when I saw that, that's precisely what I thought. They were bringing the RGG game to uh, the Switch, but when they announced that it was fitness boxing, um, I just had a little giggle fit. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I, I had the misfortune of making Hokuto no Ken or the Fist of the North Star game my first RGG game, which made it a little disappointing because I'm 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 a big fan of the Hokuto no Ken uh, manga, and I even played the uh, the Ar- the Arc System Works arcade game for it uh, many years ago, probably probably fifteen seven sixteen years ago, whenever that came out, um, but for them to have a fitness boxing game makes a little bit of sense when you think of uh when you think of Kenshiro's technique of just an insane flurry of punches than the walk away explosion but uh y- yeah um I, I, this is not a game i was expecting at all um and i don't know there's i mean rgg doesn't own okto no ken i mean it wasn't i think there was a koei uh, muso um hokuto no ken game um a long time ago but i i've only I've only played a couple of those. Uh, I haven't played any of them. It's the one I know. It's not, technically not a Yakuza title, but it is. It's a Yakuza title in everything but name. I mean, voice actor, uh, mini games, the whole thing. I just the only thing I've heard about it is it's kind of humorless. It, it, it's a condensed version of the part one storyline of Fist of the North Star in a in a new town that wasn't in the Fist of the North Star story. So it's, I, I mean, I I think it's really mediocre. That the town is boring. And uh, the and the most of the content is dry compared to a, a really good Yakuza game. But some of the some of the mini games are great, like the like uh, shaking your uh, your DualShock Four to in the bartending mini game is pretty good, and uh, and and replacing the rhythm game with a a, a game where you punch uh, gangsters in time to Ode to Joy by Beethoven is pretty interesting i think i think most of the music is non-licensed so it's like a bunch of classical music it's 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 a weird one yeah it it sounds like a weird one i mean it's just sad that we're not getting any more rgg news this was it this was the the last the last bit of it for the week really anticlimactic that we're almost as sad as zach is uh about no suikoden news but uh let's keep going with the nintendo direct so we have Story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life, Fay Farm, Moon Factory 3, Harvestella. We had a lot of friggin' farming sims that were uh, announced and uh, featured in this Nintendo Direct. Um, now, these are not my genre. Or th- this is not my genre. I don't really play farming sims. I do know that our fearless leader, Mike Salvato, does. So he must be like, at, le- at least one eyebrow was raised at the end of this particular Nintendo Direct. Are either of you excited for any of these farming sims? 
Um, I, I was for Harvestella um, until I played the demo. Um, <laughs> oh no! Yeah, the I I found the demo was it I, it was Square Enix's way of talking me out of spending sixty dollars. Um, this is it. I was really disappointed. Uh, that's weird. I don't think that's usually the point of a demo. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. So, but uh, it, you know, I'm, they're putting a lot of farming, a lot of these farming sins, um, out. Uh, and it's already kind of a, uh, busy genre. Um, and it's really hard to say, you know, I'm really, I'm really excited for some of these farming Sims when, you know, I, it, 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 a lot of people still haven't explored hundred percent of, uh, Stardew Valley or something like that. Right. Um, and so when you have, when the bar is so high, a lot of these games come out and they're just, they're, they, they really struggle to capture a, a larger audience. Mm. So, um, and I can, uh, you know, if, if you want to hear about my Harvestella demo impressions, I'm happy to talk about it. Why was it bad? So a lot of the, uh, uh, the models and things kind of looked like it really looked like a Falcom game. Um, oh, that's interesting. a lot of the, a lot of the 2d arts beautiful as is, you know, I mean, as you would expect from Square Enix. Um, but a lot of the, the models looked pretty low quality. Um, a, a lot of the animations looked like they were stock animations. Um, the, the story failed to hook me whatsoever. And uh, the time moves way too fast, um, especially if you have any events happen in the morning. Um, it would be a thing where the morning would start at 6 a.m. But if I had an event that would happen, my morning would start anywhere between 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And they force you to go to bed at 10 o'clock at night instead of like midnight or, you know, like in, in Stardew Valley, you can stay out to like two, two, three o'clock in the morning. They give you a bedtime. They not only give you a bedtime, but 10 o'clock rolls around. They're like, oh, time to go to bed. And then they just send you back. Like you, you transition right to the home. Do they at least like read you a story and put on the nightlight? (laughs) There's, there's another person in the room with you most of the time. Um, And no, they're very cold. Well, that's just depressing. No stories, no nightlight. Just sadness and sadness and not enough time in the day. No, not enough time in the day. At, at least when you're always being bugged to go to bed in Persona 5, like Morgana is at least a friendly nighttime companion. Um, yeah. I, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, yeah, it's just a UI pop-up message that says it's time to go to bed. You don't get a cute cat or anything like that. Oh, they don't even personalize it. That's just, no. So it really is. It's giving you a ticking clock at the beginning of the game, beginning of the day, literally in this case. And there's just not enough time. So it's very, it sounds like it's very hectic and not really all that fun. Yes. Well, that's too bad. Uh, I guess we'll find out when the game gets released. Um, let's move on from Farm Sims here. This is just a little... I'm just going to mention this because it's a game that... It got some buzz. I don't think we covered it when it first got released. And I think we're going to cover it this time. Um, because it just looks so cool. And it's gotten such great buzz. And it does technically fit into some of RPG fans' mandate. And that's Tunic. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got a we got a fox and a, fox and a green Tunic. Um, it's coming out for Switch. And I think this is the kind of platform that I would really want to play this game on. Switch and PS4. Before it was only uh, it was only Xbox and PC. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't want to play it on PlayStation. This is I want to play this on Switch. I just want to play it in general because it has a it combines two elements or I should say two concepts that I really love, which is a top town 2D Zelda framework with a dark with a Souls like exploration and sense of danger. And uh, this game got really good reviews when it came out earlier this year on on Xbox and PC. And I was sort of waiting for a possible release on another system. And not only did they give that 
to us. Uh, it's coming very soon. The, uh, it's coming out on these new systems on September 27th. I think the thing that really caught my eye about Tunic is I'm such a fan of uh, retro gaming and not just retro gaming in terms of like, you know, the games themselves, but also the culture that surrounded those games. So for the oh, original- magazines. Yeah, magazines yeah. and mm-hmm. and not just magazines, also like instruction manuals and things like that that used to come with the games for like the NES and stuff like that. And this is like a, a very meta thing that Tunic does where it gives you from I've been avoiding spoilers like the plague, but it does give you like a manual. You just can't understand any of it. Correct. It, it gives you pieces of manuals that are stylized like old video game magazines. And by collecting more pages, you can sort of learn the language of the game because the, the game does not have you know, like spoken text, it, 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 like they communicate in, in, in noises and symbols and you can't, and, uh, and you can only really learn what the game is trying to tell you by collecting more things and, uh, and discovering it for yourself. And, uh, if that sounds good, then, oh, then you're probably as excited for this as I am. But if that sounds just terrifying, then maybe this isn't your jam, but I, and it also has a fairly challenging, action and boss fights i've i've also heard but the it, everything about it looks really really cool i might get this day one to uh so i have one more game to talk about for end of the year stuff if nothing else <laughs> but i but i uh it, i've been intrigued by tunic ever since i saw the first trailer at uh e3 i think it was 2019 might have been it was a few years earlier. ago yeah yeah it might have been earlier but i remember seeing it at an e3 presentation and now uh and now it's yeah i'll finally have a chance to play it i, I don't own a, an xbox but yeah, this this thing looks dope. I actually got a chance to play it because I do have an Xbox and it's ah. really great. But I don't want to talk about it too, you know, too much, especially if you guys are anticipating it so much. <laughs> it's really cool to go in fresh. Yeah, it sounds like that's the kind of game you really do want to go in fresh. It's a gorgeous game. Oh, I, I, I didn't I didn't miss I didn't misspeak when I was talking about uh, how the game teaches you its language. Was I? No, I don't think so. No, OK, because I, 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 yeah. I've only I've only heard about it on uh, from reviews and podcasts. So I. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm going to be going in mostly cold when I uh, play it later this month. I think that's perfect. That's the best way to do it. Um. Okay. Well, let's talk about something that it, Tunic is peripherally peripherally in our coverage because you know Dark Souls Zelda esque kind of game. Let's talk about something that is going right over the plate in terms of our coverage, which is Octopath Traveler Two. Uh. So this took some people by surprise, including me. Uh. Was not expecting them to announce Octopath Traveler Two. Uh, so this was, I would argue, for RPG fans, probably some of the biggest news of the Direct. Uh, the 2D HD art style is as stunning forever. It looks like it's even more detailed than the first one. So they've they've taken what they've learned from uh, Triangle Strategy and, uh, and other games, and it looks like they're, they're pushing it forward again. Um, interesting concept this time. Uh, it's going to be taking place in a brand new world. Uh, there are going to be all new characters, but all of the characters are going to be in the same classes as the original. So you're going to have like dancer, thief, uh, pharmacist. Like you're going to have like apothe- apothecary, not pharmacist. Well, same thing, sort of. An apothecary is something like a frontier pharmacist, you could say. Yeah, yeah. frontier pharmacist. Um, so like all of the original classes are going to be there. Uh, I loved so much of what Octopath Traveler did. Uh, in terms of its combat, which was amazing. Obviously, the graphics, the music is unbelievably gorgeous. The characters were super interesting. But the problem that I and many other people had was that the characters never really interacted with each other outside of like little little non-plot important cutscenes. Like it was just kind of like 
it was like you were traveling with a str- with strangers uh, that didn't really know each other or didn't care about each other. Uh, stories had nothing to do with the other characters. They were very, very isolated. So it sounds based on this like there's going to be a lot more character interaction uh, in this game, which is excellent because that'll fix the only real problem I had with Octopath Traveler 1. I'm assuming that you're both super pumped about this. Oh, yeah. I was a, I was a big fan of the first one, but uh, my major complaint with it was the same as yours. Uh, it, it was eight stories that were pretty good stories with good combat and and uh, and beautiful uh, spaces to explore and everything. But it, really, they were eight single character stories. And uh, the only interactions you got were if you went into a tavern, you would get a, a, a random interaction. And, and those weren't bad, but part of why I love Japanese RPGs are, you know, building a team of characters with personalities and having those personalities interact and not just and not just uh, be solo there. And uh, they've shown, I don't know if they've showed all of them, but they have um, profiles up for most of the characters uh, on uh, on the Octopath Traveler 2 website. One of the, the, the warrior of the game is a samurai named Hikari, for one. But the, uh, but, but it, it looks as beautiful as the uh, previous one, maybe a little bit better. And if they're focusing more on character interactions and how and the uh, and you know the party being together in more uh, more scenarios than the very very end game, then I welcome it. Yeah, they know how to tell a story. Clearly, uh, it was just the, it was the way that game was structured that was the problem. So if they're fixing that, that hey, cool, I'm there. And now that I've played uh, Live Alive since we uh, since playing Octopath Traveler, now I understand some of the influences of this game much better. There, there's some Live Alive DNA in Octopath Traveler. Which makes sense that they transferred the 2D HD art style over to that game. Yep, it, it is all very logical. And this one also is coming out soon, uh, a, a few, uh, less than a week before my birthday in February 2023. That's a hell of a birthday. There's another birthday game coming up soon, but uh, we'll, we'll, get we'll, there. Talk, we'll get there. We'll get there. It's especially surprising that we have such a soon release date on this because they just released that mobile uh, the mobile game, the Octopath mobile game. Champions of the Continent. Yeah. yeah. I remember uh, maybe a year ago, I think they said that they were working on a mobile game and other Octopath projects, quote unquote. And uh, But but this one does seem like it's coming up. It came up fast. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm used to a wider, a longer time in between announcement and, uh, and launch for a Square Enix game. Yeah, I mean, Champions of the Continent, uh, Sam's going to be reviewing it for us. Uh, Sam's playing through it right now. I've played a little bit of it. Uh, it's good. It's actually a remarkably good mobile RPG. Uh, it yes. Looks, it looks just as beautiful as uh, the original. It uses the exact same art style. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a fan of it. Uh, I mean, it's been out for a few years now in Japan. We just got it. Um I love when games are announced and it's going to be like, and it's going to be out in about four to five months. And it's just like, wow, I wish more game studios would do this. So we weren't waiting four to five years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and Octopath uh, Traveler 2 looks, looks great. Um, I, it's interesting that I had the uh, same complaint both of you did. Um, and I was pretty lukewarm on the first one. Um, I, I, I did love the combat. I love the art style. I love the music. Um, but I really struggled to connect with the game because of the uh, um, characters not talking or uh, I guess interacting with each other. And that really killed the really killed my enjoyment of the game. It wasn't just the fact that the characters didn't inter- interact with each other. It's that they didn't interact with each other's stories. Like there was some interesting stuff going on during uh, various stories, but you just kind of felt that they weren't even there. They were just kind of they were just there to fight. 
and they yeah. just kind of like went poof and they were there to fight and then after the battle was over poof they're gone again and it it didn't felt feel like they were actually they belonged in any of the stories aside from their own the game felt like less than the, than the sum of its parts because it was beautiful it had one of my favorite soundtracks from around that time the combat's great the individual characters themselves i like but it because it it lacks interaction and uh and and doesn't really have dialogue between the main characters it 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 felt like eight side quests in search of a real rpg and uh and uh, again I, I i liked it but it was i'm it's more like i liked parts of it and as a total package it was a, a little bit disappointing overall but if they if they go into octopath 2 with like you know lessons from octopath 1 then i'm much more excited for it yeah same all right uh Another Square Enix game that is coming out that a lot of people did not expect is a new Theater Rhythm game. So Theater Rhythm Final yes. Bar Line. Uh, now, this is not a series that I've ever played, which is kind of weird because I actually really like rhythm games and I actually really like Final Fantasy music. So uh, this is a game for people with anybody who crosses over with those two groups. Uh, there's going to be 385 songs included uh, with two player co-op, four players online. And the season pass, so the DLC is also going to include music from other Square Enix games like Octopath Traveler and Nier. Um, I'm assuming, Nick, that you are a fan of this game. Yes, uh, I'm very excited. This was a very exciting announcement for me personally. Uh, I played both games on the 3DS um, uh, ad nauseum um, and uh, uh, in multiplayer settings. So the multiplayer is actually fun um and uh very excited for the dlc as well i'm i'm all in on this one i i think this is an enhanced remake of the first two because uh i mean uh, curtain call was a was a remake of the original theater rhythm with just more songs and more cotton more modes and more content and this is basically the same it's it has most if not all of everything from those two 3ds games plus uh more modes, better, uh, maybe more fully featured, probably better online because the, you know, switch online is generally better than 3ds online yeah. and, uh, and, and, you know, music from square Enix games after 2016 or, or whenever uh curtain call came out. So including, like you said, Octopath and near. So that's, uh, that, that sounds excellent. Then, especially since I have, I mean, Nick, you, I might be wrong about this, but we haven't heard a peep of theater rhythm, news in between theater rhythm dragon quest and this right that's correct yeah uh i guess you could say that the kingdom hearts melody oh, oh, oh yeah oh yeah okay melody is that melody of memory yeah, yeah. Or, or memory of Mel <laughs> melody do, do please do not ask me to to correctly identify kingdom hearts names that i would that that's a that's a mistake. Generally speaking, avoiding Kingdom Hearts is usually a good idea when it comes to Solosi anyway. I, most of my dislike of Kingdom Hearts is performative, but yes, I, I roll my eyes at their ridiculous nomenclature all the time. But uh, okay. I, I know what you mean. Most of my most of my dislike of the uh, Saga series is also performative. It doesn't yeah. mean it's not true, but it's performative. Yeah, but the uh, I mean, and, and Octopath has a little bit of Saga in there too. But but anyway, uh, I, I think this is really exciting news. Um, and especially since the the Switch is such a, uh, a money maker, a lot of people will, will be playing this and will be online to play with others when the when it launches. Do you know when it's coming out, Slosi? Uh, yes, I'm checking RPGFan.com, and it's February sixteenth, twenty twenty three, about a week before Octopath Traveler two. Oh, good. So there's nothing coming out around that time that we'd want to play. <laughs> nope. Only those two. Can't think of anything else. Okay. Um, well, something. let's talk about something that came out, like, now. Like, it was one of Nintendo's classic, uh, and you can download this right now from Nintendo, but uh, 
It is uh, various day life. Now, <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought this was going to come up during the farming conversation because there is farming in this game, but it is oh my god, just a triumph of uh, Square Enix throwing two English words together, like like right up there with Bravely Default, like Bravo, absolutely. Bravely Default, Triangle Strategy, Octopath Traveler. They've they've really nailed this whole naming thing in the last few years. They've got it down to a science. Various Day Life. Um, so this was an early Apple Arcade exclusive uh, that was apparently it was it was advertised as being from many of the same people responsible for Octopath Traveler and Bravely Default. It was not warmly received on the on the uh, iOS devices at all. Um, it was very poorly reviewed. It was essentially a casual RPG. I guess that many people expected it to be like an epic RPG along the lines of Octopath Traveler and Bravely Default because that's what it was sort of promoted to be. It's kind of what's promised when you're like, it's from the developers of, you're like, oh, it'll be like those games. Nope. Um, we don't have to talk about this very much uh, <laughs> because I don't want to. Um, but I did think it was interesting how many of the games that were uh, Apple Arcade exclusives are starting to expire. Um, this is my way of saying maybe Fantasian will be available for consoles at some point in the next few years. I, look, I, I don't play uh, farming games. I, I, that's why I didn't really comment on the farming stuff from before. And uh, when you have a quotidian game like this where that you know sort of tries to celebrate everyday tasks and gamify them a little bit, I, I, I'm not that interested in that kind of game. Um, unless they somehow turn it into a mini game in the next Ryu Gagotoku Studio uh, title, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm I, my, most people seem uninterested in this thing. I'm probably less interested than most. Yeah, I, it's doing nothing for me. And it's uh, it's I, I believe it's thirty bucks. Jeez, that's... yeah, weird. I mm. <laughs> I think Square Enix has I, I I don't understand a lot of their pricing, uh, especially with some of their uh, uh, lesser known titles. That Kingdom Hearts rhythm game we talked about before that went for a full sixty bones at launch, which I mean I mean uh, we I mean we used to call that the old Square tax, right? When they when uh, yeah. they, when they seem to be more expensive than the, their contemporaries on the shelf. It is weird though, because I know Apple Arcade isn't free. I I pay for it technically with my Apple One account, but Still, it's like, I, I look at all these games I get for quote unquote free and now I have to pay $30 for one. And it's weird. I, I mean, like, especially with uh, when you consider it's an older game, you know, it's several years old now, right? Yeah, it came out, it came out. I think it was a launch title for Apple Arcade. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I'm sure this game is for someone, but it, it really isn't me. Uh, I, I think the art looks pretty, though. Like they're like, you know, Square, Square Enix knows how to make a pretty game through across all of their partner studios. But I'm. I mean, I, I love Bravely Default. I like Triangle Strategy and Octopath Traveler. I don't think uh, Various Day Life is going to, you know, enter my collection of, um, you know, bold underlined font games by Square Enix. Yeah, me neither. Um, okay, well, let's talk about a one of the remasters that has been announced this week. Um, it is one remaster has been greeted with a tremendous amount of joy and excitement. This one has not. Uh, Tales of Symphonia remastered. Okay. There, there's three remasters we could be talking about. I was I was on bated breath yeah. for a second there. No, no, no. Yeah. We're we're talking about that remaster in a bit. Um, so yeah, uh, Tales of Symphonia remastered. It's coming out in early 2023. Uh, apparently there's some controversy about this title because uh, the frame rate is for all the all the entry all the consoles it's being released for is going to be locked at 30 FPS uh, while it played at 60 FPS on the GameCube. Um, 
which is, I don't know if either of you know this, but the GameCube is actually from an older console generation. Um, and it's a little weird that uh, it's getting a, a downgrade in that way. And fans do not seem to be happy about it. It already had a downgrade on the PS3 version that came out yeah. a while ago. Uh, but um, but it, it looks like that this is just, it looks like that this new remaster is just improving textures but uh, but but keeping the frame rate of the PS3 version and not adding any new content because the, the PS3 version also had extra content on the Jap- Japan only PS2 version that was not in the GameCube version. So mm-hmm. the, the, the PS3 version had a disappointing frame rate, but but some extra things that probably made it worth uh, checking out for fans. But there's I mean, this is a new generation remaster that does way less than the previous remaster. That's. I mean, uh, that is disappointing, especially since Symphonia was, uh, I think it's the fifth or sixth Tales game uh, by the by the numbers. But it was the one that got a lot of uh, worldwide fans interested in the series. Mm. So it's it's a beloved game. So, uh, yeah, I I think they dropped the ball on this one. You never did a you haven't done a uh, retro episode on it, have you? It's been mentioned in a few episodes, but never done like a dedicated one. That's correct. We have done episodes on Tales of the Abyss and Tales of Exilia and episode uh, a Tales of Fantasy draft episode and a best Tales of game episode, but and a tale and two Tales of Vesperia episodes and one about the formation of the series called Dances with Wolf Team. <laughs> so that's that's a lot. I think I've already I think I've already said nine, but never Tales of Symphonia. Probably you won't be playing this one. I don't think I, Maybe. Would, I would probably put one of my uh, GameCube discs into my Wii and play it that way. Mm, smart plan but it, but it is it is a good game it's not it's not I, i'm it sounds like i'm uh i'm only disparaging it tales of symphonia is beloved for a reason it's a very good rpg just maybe this uh is a slightly disappointing remaster but that's what makes it this so bizarre right is because it's such a well-loved game and they're just kind of i don't know pooping it out onto uh modern platforms and not really doing anything with it yeah i, I hate to double down on scatological humor but this really is a half-assed remake yeah that's sort of what it looks like and fans are you know they're i don't know if they're upset but they are disappointed by the news um it's one of those few th- times on the internet usually when there's outrage on the internet i'm like yeah 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 this one actually has a little bit of merit to it because it, it does seem pretty yeah pretty just like well you wanted it here you go thud Oh, well, um, well, let's talk about something that everybody wants. Everyone wanted news about, and we finally got some romancing saga minstrel song remastered. You're off the show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 was announced by Nintendo two years ago now. Was it was it a year? It was no, it was longer than a year ago. I can't remember when it was announced. It was so long ago. Um, but it was. we saw quite a bit of footage from it. We saw some interesting things. We saw uh, what looked to be a zombie Ganon. We saw Link kind of be possessed by it. We saw uh, Zelda with a bob cut. Um, and uh, now we're getting a little bit more footage. So this is a super short glimpse. There's. I don't even think there's as much footage as there was in the announcement teaser. But uh, we got a name. So Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, so clearly it's going to be some kind of a follow-up from Breath of the Wild talking about, I guess, the fallout from uh, that game in the, the last hundred years. Uh, we get to see some interesting new powers. Uh, we get to see skydiving. Uh, Link is clearly the playable character. There was some speculation that there might be some sections where you can play as Zelda. Uh, I was hoping for that, actually, but I guess not. 
Um, and it does kind of look like it could be the sequel of many of the gameplay mechanics found in Skyward Sword, because there's even one part where you're like riding a stone bird. So yeah, a lot of a lot of in the sky stuff going on here. Yeah, yeah, I think that verticality is going to be a big thing about this game because uh, the thing about Breath of the Wild was just the the discoverability of the open world. It's like if you can see it, then you can travel there, and uh, it's it's a very broad, very horizontal world. But uh, th- but everything that we've seen about Tears of the Kingdom, there's key art and parts of the trailer where you're traveling between floating islands or skydiving down to the earth. And in, I think the very first trailer of it is Link and Zelda going down a staircase into a dungeon when there really isn't much underground stuff at all in Breath of the Wild. So I think that probably they're going to drop us into an open world like Breath of the Wild, maybe it's the same open world, or maybe it's a maybe it's it's a a new frontier, as it were. But I think that they're gonna like Link is gonna be going f- high in the sky and deep underground in a much more vertical way than the previous one, and I think that's really exciting. Uh, Breath of the Wild is you know one of the best games of the last uh, five or six years. Uh, yeah, twenty seventeen. So yeah, a little over five years. Uh, and uh, and, and for this one to be made clearly made in its image, but with a lot of uh, really really bold exciting ideas uh absolute killer and it's coming out in may which is holy crap yeah eight yeah. months uh yeah the fact it's coming out so soon is again this is nintendo and i like what they're doing here i like the fact that they're not like teasing us along for many years and or like where well, this is going to be released two years from now like we didn't get a release date so when we do get a release date and it's in like seven months drops like a bomb and it's awesome yeah because uh, i believe they did that with the switch itself right they announced the switch uh, just a few months before release um and so to uh have this direct come out and have so many of the titles especially their flagship titles mm. um come out and have uh release dates within months uh of the uh, announcement is very cool um and something that we're you know as gaming enthusiasts not used to at all well, I mean, I mean, we we knew about this one for a couple of years, but the but but I mean, even though we just did get the title, uh, the the fact, I mean, still, uh, it, it's coming out in I guess eight months, but that's it's uh, that does not diminish my hype for it one iota because uh, this like Nintendo very rarely drops the ball on a marquee Zelda game, so I'm yep. very confident that this game is going to be a banger, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I was not expecting a release date; I was expecting a title, not a release date. I think I speculated right. last week. Uh, that I kind of expected this game to be delayed until 2024 and to come out with whatever the successor of the Switch was, so like the Super Switch or something like that, um, because they like to do that with new systems. They like to release a, a Zelda on both systems, but I guess not. I, I kind of was expecting a release date because once upon a time, this was a 2022 game. So I I I, I probably was more confident in a 2023 release than you were, Jono, but uh, I, I would not have guessed May and um and everything that looks about it looks really exciting and but i was nowhere near predicting a new octopath or a new fire emblem for this show yeah especially for, especially for them to come out even sooner than zelda no it was uh it was one of nintendo's best directs for quite some time i could some of the stuff that was announced was just like jaw-dropping so i was a big yes. fan of it um well let's go from nintendo direct to nintendo directs uh faded blue counterpart i guess the sony state of play uh Okay, I will admit that Sony is getting way better at these. I'm such a Nintendo fanboy. Um, 
rumors online said that there would be nothing of interest really announced, that they were going to focus on games that were already announced. And boy, was that wrong. Uh, there was not a ton of RPG or action or uh, adventure game news here. There was one big thing that we should talk about. Correct. Um, I, I, I think Stellar Blade looks really good. Uh, <laughs> uh, people were saying it's kind of like a cyberpunk uh, Bayonetta. I think I think that's a little overblown. But uh, yeah, it's a, a Stellar Blade, looking f- uh, formerly called Project Eve. The game that really caught my attention was Rise of the Ronin. Mm, um, yes. It's a sprawling action RPG by Team Ninja where it's, you know, it's like a fighting game kind of thing where you it really did. I was looking at it. I was like, wow, this this looks like a, a game that I could really get into. Um, yeah, well, like Neo, but with more open world elements and less fantasy elements. That, that, that could be cool, especially since that, I mean, Team Ninja is was probably first on the scene for Dead or Alive and Ninja Gaiden. So fighting mm. ninjas. Yeah, it totally works. Mm-hmm. Oh, should we should we stop, you know, like being coy about it? Like, yeah, oh I, God, yes, yes. I'm so tired of this. It, I, like, I can't take it anymore. Like a dragon. Jono, I, I, I hate to tell you this, but I can't be a Yakuza fan anymore. No, you can't. And neither can I. We're broken. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're like a dragon fanboys now. Yeah. Uh, so, you know what? There was some other news in the state of play, but this episode's running a bit long, and I just want to talk about Yakuza. I want to talk about like a dragon. Ha ha. Right? Uh, no, don't don't feel bad, because I'm going to be making that exact mistake for conservatively two years. Just saying. Oh. Yeah, I'm. I don't think this is a spoiler for anybody. We're, but the site is currently working on a rather expansive. So you want to get into the Yakuza series feature, and I'm not sure what to call it anymore. I mean, I mean, we should we should like control F Yakuza and change most of those Yakuza instances to like a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, but but yeah, um, just a little bit of background, uh, listeners. Um, the Yakuza series, which Jono and I and many others love dearly, is has always been called Ryugagotoku in Japan. Uh, That's also the name of the studio. Yes, exactly. Which which means like a dragon. And they announced uh, a port of the 2014 game uh, like a dragon Ishin uh, coming worldwide uh, with with a lot of remaster elements. They're comparing it to the Kiwami and Kiwami 2 remakes um, on the for the PS4. And uh, they announced two other like a dragon games the following day at Tokyo Game Shows. There's there's just an incredible amount of like a dragon news. the the community formerly known as Yakuza fans is really feasting the past week. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, Like a Dragon. Like, in retrospect, we should have seen this coming, considering, I guess, Yakuza Like a Dragon or Yakuza 7. It was like a soft launch of the actual, the new title of the series. Yeah, it, it, it's a bridge. They, they were, they, they were, um, it, it was officially the end of calling it Yakuza and the beginning of calling it Like a Dragon. And, uh, but now they're doing a, uh, you know, a full transition. We're, we're like a dragon now. Yeah, and I mean, this makes complete sense to me because the series has progressively been moving away from the Yakuza as the main plot points uh, for the last few games. Um, and also, like, they, the Judgment series is there too, and they all have elements of organized crime and the Yakuza, but I think paralleling, as I understand it, I might be wrong about this, but as I understand it, there have been some uh, remarkable anti-organized crime laws in Japan that have actually crippled Yakuza organizations, which was actually depicted in both Yakuza 6 and Yakuza Like a Dragon. So I think they want to explore different ideas. And by moving away from the Yakuza branding into Like a Dragon, that opens the door to a lot. I think from the beginning, they were never trying to make it the series a celebration of crime. The way, uh, like, like, I think... Uh, this is me projecting a little bit or assuming a little bit, but I think that that RGG studio was 
less than excited to have the series be called Yakuza in so many territories when yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean in every single game he's in Kiryu, Kiryu is trying to leave the Yakuza. So it's, yeah. it, it's, uh, it, it's always been a game about a very principled man go, going through some completely insane circumstances, but now it's, uh, but now they're like, by broadening the title, they'll be able to tell more kinds of stories and while keeping the same label, mm-hmm. uh, and uh and 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 yeah i i mean i mean like a dragon ishin is takes place in the 1860s probably before uh yakuza were a thing so having uh and so calling it i i I like calling somehow branding that with the yakuza name wouldn't have made sense at all uh but no but yeah it's it's really exciting i'm i am going to play all three of these games as they come out but should we uh, should we talk more about Ishin or talk about the other two let's talk about Ishin for a second so uh like slowly mentioned this is going to be a ground up remake from the 2014 PlayStation 3 game well, I, I was looking at some of the changes they were making from mm-hmm. uh from the 2014 Ishin to the 2023 Ishin and we should mention this game's coming out in February again so like in the same week <laughs> in the same week we're getting Octopath Traveler 2 uh like a dragon Ishin and what was the last one? I'm blanking already. Uh, theater rhythm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The- theater rhythm, final bar. So, uh, oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, they're like eight days apart. It's stupid. But yep. anyway, um, uh, Ishin original Ishin had a lot of likenesses from older Yakuza games in it. Uh, mm-hmm. but basically, like it's almost like they're putting on a samurai play, but the the main characters of the Yakuza series are doing it. So, so like, but um, in this remake. Uh, a lot of them are being replaced. Uh, some of some of whom were only in Ashin, and some of whom are Yakuza four or five characters are now uh, have the likenesses of Yakuza zero, six, and seven characters, or I should say, like a dragon zero, six, and seven characters. Um, I noticed one of the replacements was uh, Baba from Yak from Yakuza five being replaced by uh, by by Jao from uh, from Yakuza like a dragon. So mm. like that's how I knew how the timeline fit with these games. This isn't the first samurai spinoff they did. They did another one, uh, much earlier in the series. It was actually the very first game that was released in using the, uh, the current third person action camera. It was like that one. And it was the first one that used face scanning technology. It was, uh, Kenzen, which has never been released here. Right. Uh, for a number of reasons, not the least of which is apparently it involves child prostitution. Um, as a story point, yes, there's a Fun. there's a, there's a child yeah. prostitution ring that I think I, th- I think you break up you you break up, but it's a uh, it, it's still in poor taste. But yeah, uh, um, Kenzan takes place around 1600 in uh, in Sengoku period and was made between Yakuza two and three, while Ishin takes place in the Bakamatsu period, uh, it, 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 in the 1660s and was made in between Yakuza five and zero. Yeah, and I mean, like we were talking about before, uh, the casting them as historical figures, if you're still a little bit confused, it's like the main character of this is a historical figure, but he looks, acts, and sounds exactly like Kiryu. And like there's a one-eyed sociopathic swordsman who is clearly played by Majima. So really, really cool conceit, which allows them to tell uh, interesting stories outside of their continuity. I've wanted to play this game since I found out about it years ago. Uh, There has been a a fan translation project in the works the last few years. Obviously, this is going to supplant that. Um, it's it's definitely a Yakuza slash like a dragon game. There's a massive amount of side content. There's a farming mini game, cooking mini game. There's chicken racing, fishing. There's even karaoke, which is uh, done in this much more like uh, you're doing a performance in a performance hall in front of people. But there are still like the cutscenes and things like that. Um, just like in Zero and Kiwame, there are multiple fighting styles. Uh, but unlike those games. 
one of the fighting styles involves a sword and the other involves a gun. That actually ties into the period piece nature of this game because uh, Ryoma Sakamoto, who's the main character, was a real life historical figure who was involved in overthrowing the Tokugawa shogunate and uh, and, you know, which led to Imperial Japan, which was its own you know, bag of tricks, but, uh, but because this was like, like, uh, modern European and American firearms were being introduced to Japan at this time, Sakamoto, who was trying, who was a reformer that was trying to, um, to, to bring more Western influence into, into Japan was known and, and was a former samurai was known for patrolling Tokyo, uh, sorry, like walking around Kyoto with a sword and a gun. <laughs> <laughs> so for them to incorporate that historical detail into the fighting style switching is hilarious and somehow appropriate. Yes, this version of Kiryu is clearly not worried about killing anybody. Um, another story, uh, I think this is actually uh, one of the biggest stories, as big a story as the rebranding to Like a Dragon, uh, which was just mentioned, is that uh, Ishin will be developed using Unreal 4. Uh RGG Studios has always used in-house engines to develop their games. Uh, like so far, they used uh, like Yakuza One and Two. There was another one for uh, Kenzan. Is it Kenzan? Kenzan. Uh, three, four, Dead Souls. There was one for Five, Ishin, Zero, Kiwame, and then there was the Dragon Engine that was used for Six, Judgment, Like a Dragon, and Lost Judgment. So, and apparently, I, I was reading an interview. Apparently, they're looking at moving to Unreal Five in the future, um, and. Uh, the executive producer of the series said that while the Dragon Engine is better at rendering nighttime cities, uh, Unreal is much better at rendering nature. So that presumably makes it perfect for this game, where you know it, it is taking place in a much more rural area than Camarocho. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, eighteen sixties Japan, all of it's going to be much more, uh, m- much more green than Camarocho. But <laughs> yeah, no Millennium Tower in this game. Yeah, maybe some empty lots, but no Millennium Towers. <laughs> a lot of empty lots. That's the, basically this is this is Yakuza Zero on a vast scale, where it's just they're fighting over all of the empty lots. But but yeah, like I've wanted to play this game ever since I first heard about it, and um, and I've I've only been playing the Yakuza games in in uh in great detail for around two and a half years now, but. Uh, this was hugely exciting to me, and um, it immediately goes to near the top of my wish list. Uh, and 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 by reputation, it has a very very good story. Like uh, I think one of the Yakuza producers, like when they asked him which Yakuza game had his favorite story, he he said uh, Ishin, but then he apologized for it not for it uh, only being limited to, J- to Japan. So like <laughs> this game has a reputation for being uh, one of the good ones. And uh, and when I was checking out forums about the about the replacement characters, uh, everyone seemed pretty excited, except for except in one case that would be a spoiler to go further. But mm. uh, but in general, people are excited for like a dragon Ishin. I I certainly am. Oh boy, uh, this thing hit me like a ton of bricks when it was announced during the state of play. I did not see this coming. Yeah, I stood up and cheered. Yeah, I thought I thought we would maybe see a trailer for like a dragon eight, and we got triple the, uh, the amount of like a dragon that i anticipated so i'm yeah yeah it was thrilled. huge thrilled oh god yes just absolutely massive um we don't know yet what the other two games that were announced are going to be developed in whether or not they're going to use the dragon engine or they're also going to use unreal 4 but uh we got the announcement of like a dragon 8 that's going to take some getting used to uh which is going to start both ichiban and kiryu as the main characters so feel free to speculate about that. And Kiryu has a new look. 
He does. They finally let him go gray. He finally looks his age. No, he doesn't. He looks like a 20, 20 year old pop star. He does look great, though. Yeah, it, it's a His hair is gray, but it's a very youthful haircut. And it's clear that he is uh, that he's trying to that, that he's in disguise or trying to lay low. And uh, but but they also gave us <laughs> yes, a game just, to explain that. Just this massive granite face man is walking around Camarocho. No one's going to recognize him with this haircut. There can't possibly be any identifiable characteristics like him beating up every single person in the entire town to identify him. Or looking exactly the same just with a shaggier <laughs> haircut, right? Like the the hair's just down. It's not like <laughs> it's not like he has a mustache or anything like that. Kiryu went to the same salon that... Uh, that Ichiban went to at the beginning of uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, and they just screwed up his hair. He's like, no, I want it spiky. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited for, uh, for um, but, well, both these games, but uh, especially the uh, Gaiden, which is uh, um, supposed to explain the haircut, I guess. Yeah, there, it's uh, Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. Yes, because there's, a, there's a, a fairly blank space in between Yakuza 6 and Like a Dragon 8. And uh, this is going to, uh, except for Kiryu's brief cameo in, in Yakuza Like a Dragon. And this game is going uh, gonna to cover all of that. Yeah. And I read that the length is going to be that uh, a little bit longer than the Kaito Files DLC from Judgment, uh, which I actually haven't played yet. It's pretty good. And I don't know if you've mentioned it yet, but uh, Like a Dragon Gaiden is going to be a... Uh, an action game with beat em up combat the way uh, that Yakuza 0 through 6 was like. But Like a Dragon 8 will be another RPG like Yakuza Like a Dragon. See, uh, there that's my point of speculation because the question is, yeah, it, make, it, it makes complete sense to me that Ichiban, you know, views his world through the, the, the gaze of an RPG, specifically Dragon Quest. So, you know, this is how he views his combat. Kiryu doesn't have brain damage, um, so <laughs> there's no real reason for him to start hallucinating that he is in a turn-based RPG. Um, unless, and they mentioned that if they're both going to be main characters, I don't think they're going to be in the party at the same time. This is my speculation. I've not read this anywhere. This is just what I was thinking. I, I, I almost think the opposite. I think that I think that uh, it is going to be the Ichiban and Kiryu show because I mean the the, the trailer that we got is um is the two men strutting side by side. So I yeah. I, I, I think it's going to be another Ichiban game with the RPG combat. But now Kiryu is going to be part of the team. Is my is my feeling on it? I don't know. I don't. There's something about Kiryu being part of the team that doesn't read right to me. I think that. This is, again, just speculation. I feel like they might do something like Yakuza 0, where they divide the story between Kiryu and uh, Ichiban in different cities, and there will be story crossover and stuff like that. And in which case, like, both of them would have build their own parties, uh, but Kiryu might just have, like, traditional, you know, beat-em-up combat, and Ichiban will feature turn-based combat. I don't like this idea. Do not get me wrong. This is not me advocating for it. It just seems interesting to me that they're putting Kiryu into the game into a major supporting maybe co-protagonist role but they're keeping the RPG combat where the whole conceit of the RPG combat was because you're playing as Ichiban I, I uh I'm also speculating I mean none of us knows anything about how this game is going to be but I I don't think that's how that's how it's going to work um they're giving uh Kiryu his own game to, ha to have the the action combat again that's what like a Dragon Gaiden is going to be in this new game, I, I think it's almost interesting that probably Kiryu can't be uh, alone anymore. It's it's like he's always been this solitary fighter uh, for decades now, 
but now he he has to join with Ichiban for reasons unclear. And I, I think that maybe uh, <laughs> my speculation is that Kiryu has to be part of a team for the first time, and it's weird and awkward, and will be, you know, that's just an idea that they can explore in Like a Dragon 8. Actually, okay, okay, one way that I could see it working, maybe, is if instead of having Kiryu as a player-controlled character, they could have him like a Final Fantasy II character, who is just like occasionally acting by himself and occasionally coming in and just, I don't know, tiger dropping the enemies or or like a dragon quest game that has a get that has a guest character that you can't control yeah. uh which is you know a, a couple of them do that but i and anything that we talk about like dragon 8 right now is speculation other than that ichiban and kiryu are definitely both in the game and i mean inevitably at least this is what i hope there has got to be a scene in this game where kiryu goes to survive the bar and uh the bar oh, oh yeah and, and, and sees the bartender for the first time since yakuza 3 and I would like the idea that both of them look at each other, they recognize each other, and they pretend to be strangers. <laughs> you know, they, they would do that. They would do that. So, yeah, minor spoilers for Yakuza 3, I guess. Um, uh, Kashiwagi, one of the uh, one of Kiryu's um, mentors in the, uh, in, in the Tojo clan, um, was believed to have been do- killed in Yakuza 3, but then shows up as a bartender without explanation in Yakuza 7, but is only but is only called the bartender. I can't help but feel that he would make a pretty good protagonist in a Yakuza game set in like the 1960s or 70s. I, I would love for him to be just a, one of the supporting characters in Like a Dragon 8, give, give him the bartending job, and, uh, you know, maybe has different creative uses of alcohol than the old <laughs> host and hostess jobs. Now, getting back to what you were talking about, like how it's like, half of the game it's going to be longer than the uh kato files but it's going to be not as long as a regular yakuza game it makes me kind of wonder how they're going to divide that like yeah half the length could mean half the story or it could mean like all of the story but with fewer sub stories and mini games instead because i would argue like half of a yakuza sorry half of a like a dragon game is the are the sub stories and the mini games yeah, is it really a, like a dragon game if it doesn't have the side stories and minigames? Okay, Kaido Files didn't have that. It was there, sort of. Like, you could go to the batting cages, but there were no sub-stories. There were, like, the side, the side content from Judgment was still there for the most part, but it wasn't, like, really there. So the question is, are they going to try something different? Yeah, I would I would think it's going to be, like, a just a, sh- a regular like a dragon game, just a little bit shorter. Um, I, I kind of hope what they do there is explain why Kiryu has to go into a turn-based fighting style. Maybe like, he, gets, he gets brain damage, too. <laughs> yeah, they just whack him way too hard. Yeah, they, they, hit him, they hit him too hard with that ruler. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, brain, the brain damage thing is also speculation a little bit, because Ichiban even says at the very beginning of Yakuza Like a Dragon that he always imagines his fights being like Dragon Quest battles. So it's and, and it's really it's fan speculation that says that that uh, Ichiban has, has brain damage. I know, but it's such good head cannon. <laughs> but like, uh, I, I mean, I mean, we don't know enough about like a Dragon 8 to to to, you know, um, to put definitively say in, anything. In, yeah, in, exactly. But I am I, I'm interested in all of them. All of these are going to be day one purchases for me. But uh, I don't know if you said it already, but like a Dragon Gaiden is going to be later in 2023. Then, uh, then Ishin, and then uh, Like a Dragon 8 is 2024. Yeah, and I mean, if we follow that, we might get another Yakuza game, in t- or another Like a Dragon game in uh, 2024. Who knows? This series has exploded in popularity, um, which is a good thing for us, because, you know, <laughs> they're really friggin' good games. Um, 
there was another piece of Yakuza, uh, I guess, Like a Dragon or RGG news that dropped this week, which could bode well for the Judgment franchise, which is uh, both uh, Judgment and Lost Judgment have been released on PC finally. Uh, speculation for the last few years said that uh, there were some issues with likeness rights uh, and with uh, a talent agency in Japan, Johnny and Associates. Um, so apparently those have been resolved and Judgment is now available on PC, which is kind of amazing uh, because this could mean maybe we could get more Judgment games in the future. Uh, and my question is, like, will this impact the Judgment TV show that's apparently in development? As our resident expert on Japanese TV, what do you think, Solosi? Um, It's hard to say because uh, famously Johnny and Associates is uh, a little bit – like they, they're, the CEO sort of is uh, an old man that has – ideas uh, rooted in like from in, from decades ago so uh for a long time nobody from johnny and associates was allowed to have their likeness in a video game and uh and and uh, and one of their most popular actors is uh, um uh what's his name they, they call him takun in japanese uh, is uh is uh, uh i think it's takaya kimura but um Ki- um kimura is a very very popular actor in Japan. Um, his the big TV show that made him really famous. Hero. Is a, yeah, it is about a detective lawyer just like in Judgment, and he was a member of a popular boy band called Smap in the nineties. Uh, Johnny Johnny and Associates has such an uh, a vice grip over their talent that uh, like if there's a rumor of uh, like one time there was a rumor that Smap was going to break up because even though these are all men in their 40s and 50s now they're still technically together as a band uh, they all had to do a public television apology for it it's it's the Japanese talent agency uh, industrial complex is weird but because they were so hyper protective of likeness rights and didn't want modders getting a hold of uh, of Kimura's likeness and having him you know like make him do salacious things or or replace Re- replace Kagami's uh, model with something else and have Kimura's voice come out of it in in a PC version of Judgment. They were extremely Who would do something like that. Yeah, Evans. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> but yeah, be- because of feelings like that, they um, it, it, it was like pulling teeth to get uh, Kimura to be in a video game to begin with, and it was absolutely not allowed for it to go uh, to get a PC version. But they've they've relented somehow. And that that's unclear if this means that we're never getting any judgment again, because uh, because they're like because the relationship is over and they no longer have to humor Johnny and Associates, or maybe Johnny and Associates has relaxed. And if this PC version sells really well, there will be a third Judgment game. It's it's all speculation mm-hmm. by now, but right now we do know that uh, both Judgment and Lost Judgment are getting PC versions soon. Actually, oh, they're out. Judgment's oh, they're already, already out. out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, they're out. Um, what have you have you heard anything about the uh, the TV show? Uh, Hero? No. Uh, par- no. Apparently, in interviews. Um, he was uh, being interviewed, and he said that they are in talks to create a television show based on Judgment. I mean, it would make sense because uh, uh, Kimura is already a TV star, and uh, by all by all accounts from interviews over the years, he was really excited to be in a video game for the first time, especially a video game that he personally thought was cool so i think the title was uh, i saw i read it earlier today i think the title is unjudged <laughs> that's not bad um 
And the, the Japanese title for the first judgment is Judge Eyes, which is, you know, right up, right up there with Various Daylife as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it kind of uh, has more to do with the plot than Various Daylife, but... Yeah, but uh, I, I haven't heard much about the TV show, but uh, it, it would be a good fit because there's a... I mean, the story... I have, I've only played the first judgment, but its story is dramatic as hell. Yeah, you should play the second judgment. I have it. It is on deck. I, uh, you I have I, a lot to play. I know. I, I have a lot I'm working through, but uh, Lost Judgment is in the plans. Uh, I would like to play that before uh, Ishin lands in February. So uh, we'll, we'll see when that when that is exactly. I I literally bought Lost Judgment just before the show. Oh wow! Okay, uh, cool. Just just talking and 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 reading all about uh, uh, Like a Dragon uh, over the past few days has got me to buy uh, buy it. It's it's really good. Um, I think it fixes a lot of the problems that Judgment had. It's a very good sequel. I really like all of the side content in it. Um, I just really liked it. I mean, I can't think of a Yakuza game that I... I'm sorry. I can't think of a Like a Dragon game that I don't <laughs> like, really. Like, even ones that didn't quite click with me. Okay. Yeah, okay, actually, I take that back. The one that I don't like, but only because of the plot line, is Yakuza 6. I like everything else in Yakuza huh. 6. I love this. I love the mini... I love the combat. I love the mini games. I love the combat in it. It's slower, but I like it. Um, but the, the story of Yakuza 6 hurts me deep in my soul. I basically agree. I like all of the Like a Dragon games that I've played, uh, which is most of them. Um, I, I mean, even even the Hokuto no Ken one, uh, I thought was had had good parts to it but mm. even the ones that i like the least um there are there are, it just has different strengths and weaknesses than a few of the other ones i, I mean my least favorite is probably yakuza 4 and uh, and that's mo- a lot of that's because um a lot of that's because the, the you only get one city to explore and, and i love the virtual tourism aspect of, of traveling to different places in japan in the uh in, in, across the like a dragon games especially in yakuza um, 5 yeah, yeah, and Yakuza Five does it um, better than all the other ones, and that also uh, brings me to a point. Um, uh, we don't know what city uh, Like a Dragon Eight is going to take place in, or what cities. Uh, That's true. I mean, they were walking through the gates of Kamurocho, but yes, yeah, it, that could be just more for imagery than anything. And all of them eventually go back to Kamurocho, but uh, yeah, I, I think they've there. There has been something like eight to ten Japanese cities represented across the Like a Dragon games. So I'm just curious. Uh, what new one, if any, that we're going to get in like a Dragon mm-hmm. 8, but, uh, but they didn't tell us. Okay, quick thing before we move on to some final news. I'm just, off the top of your head, what is your favorite Yakuza game? Sorry, what is your favorite like a Dragon game? Zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's tough. Two. Okay, uh, mine is five. Anyway, um, so yeah, if you like, if you were thinking about playing uh, any of the like a Dragon games, uh, we should have a feature out in the very near future, uh, focusing on, you know, the entire series. So you want to get into the series, uh, features, but I think that I think it's universally agreed that zero is probably one of the best jumping on points. Uh, I have a soft spot for Kiwame. Other people don't, but so either play zero or play like a dragon, or if you're very curious, play Sheen. Cause I guarantee there's going to be no connections between that and the rest of the series because it takes place. It takes place over a hundred years before anything happens. So, hey, 1860s Bakamatsu, Japan, Kyoto. Well, obviously, a lot of this conversation focused on uh, like a dragon because it's like a dragon, and this is my show. Um, but more news dropped, including some extraordinarily big news from earlier today. That uh, I'm pretty sure that when it got announced, Zach did a little dance, um, which is. 
Konami continues to be in a let's give them what they want except for new games mood, and they announced Suikoden 1 and 2 HD remaster, Gate Rune, and Dunan Reunification Wars, which it, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's going to be a remaster of Suikoden 1 and 2. It's going to be coming out on PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, PC. Um, there are going to be HD, brand new HD environments. There's going to be some revamp pixel art. Uh, doesn't look like there's going to be any updates to gameplay. But yeah, these games have been ignored for decades. They are two of the best RPGs ever released for PlayStation, and they're going to be released in a shiny new package. And uh, the the mood at RPG Fan when this was announced was, I mean, jubilation, but also just shock. Because while this was rumored, I don't think any of us really expected it to happen. And then it happened. Amazing. Uh, Solosi, you and I were on an episode of retro uh, a few months ago, actually, focusing on Suikoden 1. So uh, again, I think that you can take credit for uh, this announcement. Yeah, two ep- we did two episodes on Suikoden 1 in yeah. uh, in June. And this is not the first time it's happened where uh, Retro Encounter plays a game and then it gets a, a remaster or a new release months, a little, a few months later. So uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't happen all the time, but it's happened enough times to be a little weird. Um, but I, I welcome this because uh, it, it's a little. Uh, these these are these games will have a new coat of paint. The um, uh, there's there's new backgrounds being drawn that are really pretty. Some smoothed over uh, portraits and sprites that are a little bit less pretty. But making this accessible on new systems with a new translation uh, and uh, a few extra features like um, like adjusting battle speed. Or and uh, and being able to um, go back to and and review um, text texts and and conversations, all sounds great. And uh, almost, I mean, I mean, some people had problems with the visual presentation of the new remasters, but it, it, the overall the response was really, really excited and positive. And yeah. uh, our, our our mutual friends uh, Zach and Audra are uh, like probably need probably were feeling a little faint when they first read about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this on Random a few weeks ago, how it, you know, it makes sense for them to release this right now because, you know, uh, Yudin is coming out and uh, eventually 100 Heroes and, you know, might as well jump on that hype train. And we got a, tra- a new trailer for Auden Chronicle 100 Heroes uh, the same day as this week at an announcement. I wonder if they coordinated that. I don't know, but uh, both of them look so good that they're both going to be day one purchases. But I'm not sure if I'm going <laughs> to place Week in one right away. Because again, I, I just finished it for we the first time in it, June. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we haven't done an episode for Retro for Suikoden 2, right? Yes, we have. In 2018. Oh, have? Yep. Ah, crap. We've done episodes on Suikoden 1, 2, 3, 5, and some, uh, and some side material as well. Hey, there's an episode missing in there. There sure is. <laughs> Tear Christ. I've heard that thing's pretty good. I, I only played Suikoden for the first time, uh, I think, in June as well. Um, and uh, I was go- planning on playing Suikoden 2 uh, within the next coming weeks, but uh, seeing an updated translation, um, all of the uh, the updated uh, art and uh, UI UX elements and stuff like that, um, I, I'm going to wait. Yeah. I think that's probably a very good idea. I'm very excited for this to come out, not because I want to replay them. Although I, I, I have been thinking about trying to replay it as we get into because I really enjoyed the first one again, but the second one is a very special game. But that's exactly it. I'm very excited for these to be released because they are very special games. And I think a lot of people haven't had the opportunity to play them. 
especially not play them outside of like emulation or things like that. So the fact that they're finally going to be available again and and, uh, and celebrated in this way is really cool. Well, I mean, they were available on Vita and PS3 as uh, it, on the PS Store, uh, which is which is a reasonable level of access. But uh, but this is a new translation, a new co- coat of paint, and even wider accessibility than that. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is which is hugely exciting, especially since I don't think Suikoden fans have had a new thing in over a decade. Yeah, right? that's uh, that's Konami for us, always giving us everything except for new games. They don't they aren't in the mood to give us new stuff, just old stuff with a new coat of paint. And their uh, their pachinko business and their health club business took a big hit during the pandemic. So I think that if anything, that got them more encouraged to release older games. Uh, I mean, we got we have there's three Castlevania collections out there, plus arcade games, Contra games, the recent uh, Ninja Turtles Konami Connect collection, which is amusingly called the Cowabunga collection. Like Konami <laughs> is 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 very much in the business of releasing compilations of their old games, and that's nice, but. I mean, I think fans are secretly hoping that if this uh, compilation does really well, that could mean new Suikoden in the future. But uh, that is entirely speculation right now because we've we've heard nothing on that front. Yeah, uh, that would be good news. But you know what? We are getting a spiritual successor in the very near future. So I think that Suikoden fans are going to be very, very happy with uh, what's coming out in the next year or so. Aiden Chronicle looks so good that it it will scratch that Suikoden itch for me, just like Bloodstained scratched my Castlevania itch for me. It's a, uh, it, it it's weird that so many Konami uh, creatives aren't allowed to make their own games anymore, so they go and and make stuff that's that game in all but name. But uh, but yeah, uh, Aiden Chronicle, Suikoden remasters. Um, fans of RPGs where you recruit a hundred plus characters are do are feeling great. They are. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, there has been some other news out of the Tokyo Game Show, but unfortunately, we are running out of time here. And by running out of time, I have to drive back to the cottage uh, and I have a flight tomorrow morning. So I think we're just going to have to put this on hold right now. But before I do that, let me ask both of you, is there any news that you're particularly excited about this week that I have not mentioned? Uh, no, I, I would say the what I was most excited for was uh, the Like a Dragon stuff. Uh, and I think we covered that pretty well. I mean, we could cover it for a few more minutes and I wouldn't cry. <laughs> I was just very excited for Ishin, so. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, the th- the cool thing about that is the fact that they're releasing this also means that they c- might consider doing not just remasters, but also like ground up remakes of other games, like the other Samurai uh, game that was never released. Or my dream, it would be really cool if they did a ground up remake of uh, Dead Souls with better uh, shooting. <laughs> I... I would be interested in that, but only to hear the Ryuji Goda version of Bakamitai. <laughs> I I love the idea of taking Yakuza characters and just putting them like I thought I thought one that I I pitched was like you could take these characters and you could do like a space drama with them, like aliens or something like that. Or the one I pitched to you, Solosi, was do a like Rangers type game. Oh yeah. A, like like a, a Yakuza Tokusatsu game. I would I would play the bejesus out of that, absolutely. Yep. I mean, that would have to star the characters from Yakuza uh, like a dragon, I think. They're they're sort of perfect for that team dynamic. Yeah, especially if they make uh, uh, Jun Gihan the Pink Ranger and not Psycho. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I want to thank you both for coming on. I have to leave because right now the uh, the pod Acura is so steamed up right now. It looks like it. The, the car looks like it's like a car you'd see at like a make out 
drive-in theater in the 1950s. Uh, I cannot see a thing right now. The world is cut off and it is cloudy. But I have just enough time to tell everyone out there about some news that we've been talking about on the show lately, which is we've opened a store uh, at www.rpgfan.com slash shop. Uh, and at this store, you can find t-shirts, you can find mugs, you can find all kinds of things that have the logo on it. We have uh, new merchandise coming out pretty soon, I think. But yeah, give that a ch- check that out. I-, I-, I made a big order uh, before I left for Nova Scotia, so it's waiting at home for me. I cannot wait to get my hands on it. Um, so yeah, like, you know, you're listening to Random Encounter. There are lots more episodes of Random Encounter that you can listen to, but we also have some other podcasts here at RPG Fan, and one of them is hosted by Solosi. Solosi, tell us, what have you been up to the last few weeks at Retro Encounter? Right, uh, Retro Encounter is the podcast well, that I host and produce. Um, we are rec- in the middle of recording episodes on Live Alive, that 1994 Square RPG that was recently remade for the Switch. And uh, we also are doing a month of adventure games in October, playing four adventure games uh, over the course of the month. Uh, each, I think each of them is from a different decade, unless my math is off a little bit. So it's, it's going to be a journey through the history of adventure games um, in October. And uh, oh, can I, can I mention one thing that uh, one piece of news, of news from Tokyo Game Show that had me the most excited? Oh, please. Absolutely. Uh, well, on the Capcom side of things, there was a Monster Hunter Rise a Sunbreak title update. But I'm not here to talk about that. I'm talking about World Tour mo- mode in Street Fighter VI. Create your own character. <laughs> learn from the other uh, characters. They revealed the 18 uh, the 18 person roster for the game starting, and it's going to have uh, four characters in DLC in the first year. Street Fighter VI. So excited for it. Uh, the trailers are amazing. I can't wait to be uh, E Honda main again. Let's do it. Okay. And we also have Rhythm Encounter, which is. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'll transition. I'll transition it. Let's see. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, I, uh, Street Fighter has some great music, doesn't it, Solosi? It sure does. The Street Fighter uh, 2's soundtrack was mostly done by Yoko Shimomura, who went on to do the music for uh, for Xenoblade and Kingdom Hearts and many other things. So oh, it's yeah, Shimomura, sort of... Shimomura makes a lot of appearances on uh, the other podcast we have for the site, which is Rhythm yeah, Encounter. Yeah, she, she did music for Live Alive, the game I've been playing for Retro mm-hmm. Encounter the past few weeks. Oh, it's man, a, we, it's we, a circle we, of life. Oh, we, we just nailed that transition. That was boom, uh, clean, so smooth that the audience isn't even going to be able to hear it. We were um, on two separate journeys <laughs> <laughs> so uh, last week on uh, rhythm encounter it was all about the sega genesis or the mega drive if you're not from north america uh you know and the episode was called blast processing which is uh a an homage to some of sega's marketing back in the 90s where they were like sega genesis is blast processing and it was like what does that mean it was like it's faster than nintendo and it's like that uh, okay whatever um i'm such a nintendo fanboy um and in honor of the recent Kickstarter, uh, the next episode of Rhythm Encounter is going to be focused on Wild Arms and Shadow Hearts. So that's going to be a really cool episode that's coming out next Monday. Um, if you'd like to get in contact with us here at Random Encounter, you can fire me off a message at podcast at rpgfan.com. I would love to hear from you uh, if you have any ideas for future episode themes or discussion questions, that kind of thing. Uh, please fire us off a message. If you'd like to send me an email, you can do so at jlogan at rpgfan.com or please find me on Twitter at jono underscore Logan. Uh, but I am not the only person on this podcast who has an online presence. Nick, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me at uh, on Twitter um, it's at N-M-A-N-G-I-A-R-A-C-I-N-A at N-Mangerasina. Cool. And Solosi, where can we find you online? 
Uh, easiest place to find me is probably Twitter. I am at the real monsoon most of the time at evoca for dogs at other times and at RPG fans discord. I am monsoon Mike. Okay. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends to help us get the word out there. Please rate us on iTunes or your other podcast player of choice. Uh, I want to thank both of you for joining me tonight. This has been a really, really big week for video game news. Uh, We probably will see some more video game news come out uh, tomorrow, which is going to be a Saturday and then Sunday uh, from the, uh, from TGS, but we can't talk about that because it hasn't happened yet. That's the magic of podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. If there's any uh, news bits that are glaringly uh, absent from this episode, uh, yeah, blame the passage of time. Absolutely. And if there are any big news bits that aren't in this episode, you can visit RPGFan.com, and I assure you, there will be a news story about it, I suspect. So anyway, uh, thank you for both joining me tonight with this, my unconventional, my unconventional episode in the pod Acura. I hope that, uh, I hope that the sound of the rain and everything didn't bother you. I'm hoping the sound of the rain didn't bother anyone listening to this episode. I'm hoping I can edit it out. I guess we'll find out. So, you know, it's been a big week. I'm heading home tomorrow. I'm very excited. Uh, and, uh, I just want to say to everyone out there, whatever you're playing, have fun.